0: Hi everybody, welcome to This Board Game Life episode number 37 titled Bring On the 2015 Gaming. The show was recorded on Sunday, January 25th, 2015 in the This Board Game Life studios. On this show, I'll be covering some of the Essen uh, games now that I've had a chance to play them. So I'll be doing a quick uh, run through exactly of of uh, what I thought of them and and the results of the plays. Uh, I've got special guest Philip Duberry. He's back on the show again, talking about his uh, latest Kickstarter, Spirits of the Rice Paddy. There's going to be a new contest. I'll give you details on how to enter that. And then I'll be going through uh, two games, Camel Up and Doodle City. Just give you some quick thoughts, do like a mini review on those. I want to try to keep this episode a little short. So here we go with the show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rob Milanovich, the host for This Board Game Life, and thanks for joining me once again. I'm happy to have you here with me. Uh, this Board Game Life is the show where we talk about anything and everything relating to the tabletop, hobby, board game, uh, community games, etc., anything and everything. Uh, and uh, sometimes we'll talk about something else, too, uh, maybe even Xbox or something like that. I don't know, because uh, I also do an Xbox podcast, uh, This Xbox Life. But anyway, uh, just, uh, before we get on with the show, I want to mention that, uh, This Board Game Life does have a YouTube channel. That's, uh, youtube.com forward slash This Board Game Life. And also, uh, I have a presence on Twitter. That's at T Board Game Life. So make sure you subscribe and, and follow, uh, both of those. Cause, uh, there's, uh, lots of, uh, cool stuff out there. Before we get on with the show, I just want to cover the year 2014 really quickly, just talk about a couple of the things that really stood out to me, and I'm not going to go in depth on this, just going to be very quick. Just mention a couple things here and there, and that's that, uh, first of all, it was the year that so many games got released, an incredible amount of games. There were over 400 games at Essen alone let alone all of the other game fairs that came out before that. Then, uh, also, it was the year that we started to see a decline in microgames, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I really found that a lot of microgames, as fun as they were initially, they tended to not have the staying power. They didn't have the lasting uh, hook that really kept me... Uh, lured in, like some of the uh, larger games out there. Uh, it just, uh, they, they didn't really have the substance. So uh, a lot of them tended to be a little disappointing after some time, after the initial newness and interest wore off. Uh, I did go to Gen Con in 2014, so that was uh, a lot of fun. Uh saw a lot of stuff out there, a bunch of big titles came out at Gen Con 2014. Although this year was um, a very short year for me at Gen Con. I only got to spend two days over there and everything was kind of rushed. Uh, I definitely want to do things differently in the future. I, in some ways, kind of uh, wish I had done things differently. But hey, you live and learn. And it was still fun. I got to check out some cool games, see some cool people. And I'm really looking forward to going back. Um, That uh, brings up a a whole different uh, (laughs) uh, conversation as to 2015 and Gen Con and the whole housing situation, and that's kind of a a mess, but I'm not really going to go into that. Then uh, 2014 also was a year that uh, there were more Android board games out there than ever before, which I'm really happy about because uh, I have Android devices in my house, and uh, that I carry with me, of course, on a day-to-day basis. So it's actually really nice to have those available. It doesn't mean that I play them all the time, but they're available, which is, I can play it if I want to. And uh, I've really been getting into Carcassonne, of all things. It's This is a game that's been out for a long time on Android, and I find that the that the version that they have uh, for Android is just fantastic. I'm very pleased. It's a quality of a game that you definitely have uh, on other platforms like iOS. So, uh, you know, we get some of that uh, gaming love there as well. Uh, Some other things that were pretty big in the board game community, Asmodee went on a buying spree, picked up Days of Wonder, picked up FFG. What exactly does that mean? I'm not really sure. I hope nothing in terms of things really don't change. It's just who owns them, who signs the paychecks, and I, I really think it's going to go along those lines. I don't see Azmeday really uh, doing a whole lot of changes. You know, flipping companies upside down. You know, shutting them down, taking their property and so forth, and you know, rebranding them. I really don't see that happening, but you never know. So uh, again, as many picking up Days of Wonder and FFG, I hope it's just on the back end, keeps these companies around for even longer and lets them produce even better games, uh, gets them to have a better quality all the way around. So here's hoping that uh, that happens in the future uh, with all of those companies. And then lastly, I, I wanted to mention something that was really interesting where... Uh, dice Masters. This was the game that just went crazy, uh, in the board game community. It's this cheap little game It's $15. It's a bunch of dice. They have, there's booster packs for a dollar, uh, with cards in there. This is like uh, 2014. I'm always going to remember, uh, Dice Masters, uh, for, for 2014 because I don't think I've been in Target more ever, ever in my life. <laughs> in that span of what 2 months where there were rumors of this game showing up in targets i must have hit every target around me on a weekly basis if if not almost on a daily basis looking for these games which sadly never materialized you know once the initial hotness wore off this game like dropped off the face of the earth at least in terms of buzz so uh that was just it's just an interesting little uh, occurrence to me as to how this game just took off like crazy and then kind of disappeared now there's uh, you know, some of the craziness associated with the game has died down the x-men uh, version has come out there's others planned uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that's uh that's pretty interesting and i hope everybody finally got their copies they were able to play them i'm looking at my copy here right next to me on the shelf, and uh, we'll see what uh, Dice Masters holds for us in the future, and who knows what else they'll bring uh, out there as well. So uh, that's primarily the main things that I wanted to talk about uh, for 2014, so let's get on with the rest of the show also wanted to announce that I'm going to be running a contest starting uh, with this episode here and it'll complete uh, on midnight, uh, February 8th, 2015. So, it'll run for uh, approximately two weeks. Uh, maybe a little bit less, a little bit longer depending on when uh, this show finally releases. And uh, the game is Guildhall. That's going to be the prize for the game. All you have to do to enter for this contest. It's really easy. Just go to thisboardgamelife.com, click on the contest link at the top of the page, and uh, fill out the little form. It's just going to have your name, your uh, BGG name, uh, where you're from. And then also, I'd just like to hear what your most anticipated game for 2015 is and why. Uh, i just love seeing everybody's responses and I'll read your responses on uh, the next show that would be episode 38 and again uh, that's uh, a contest for a copy of Guildhall brand new in shrink uh, never opened, probably still smells like China or Germany or wherever it came from inside. So you can get a nice whiff of the air if, if that's your thing. But, uh, uh, look for the winner on episode 38 and the contest runs through February 8th. So episode 38 will be out shortly after that. And I do want to mention that your chances for winning are going to be really good Really, really good. You enter a lot of contests. There's millions of entries in the contests, like Publishers Clearinghouse and who knows what else you enter in online. Well, I can tell you this. We don't have millions of entries on uh, our contests. (laughs) So actually your odds are probably even better than uh, doing those sponsored promos at BGG. So, you know, spend a couple seconds, uh, fill out the form. Uh, It's fun. I'd really like to hear what you're looking forward to in 2015 and why. And then also on episode 38, I'll tell you what, uh, what I'm looking forward to in 2015 and why, although I am exempt from the contest. Sad to say. But, uh, anyway, uh, here's, uh, uh, the next segment here for, it's our, uh, interview with Philip DuBerry. All right, everybody, we've got uh, a special guest back with us. Once again, that's Mr. Philip DuBerry. Uh, he has uh, designed a whole bunch of games, and uh, in his uh, large collection of games that he's made in the past, uh, they include Revolution, Kingdom of Solomon, Family Vacation, uh, Courtier, Skyway Robbery, which was uh, the most recent one. And uh, welcome back to the show, Philip. It's, uh, it's great to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. You seem to have been a very busy man of late. Is uh <laughs> you're just putting out games left and right it seems. Is <laughs> uh what I think 2014, 2015, those are like two big years for you, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I've I've got all these games that I made, you know, years ago and they're all kind of hitting at the same time. So, it's kind of interesting
0: you find that you are a lot busier with your game designing uh, because of that? Just because, uh, you know, probably doing uh, production work and development and all that?
1: Yeah, um, it does take up some time, you know, kind of messing with this and that. And uh, it does cut into my design time a little bit. But I've still got a few projects, you know, going in the background. So I'm just staying busy.
0: Well, absolutely. And uh, currently you've got a Kickstarter project going for your latest game. And that's yep. the, uh, Spirits of the Rice Patty. And this game has really taken off. I just checked earlier tonight and it hit 148% of its funding in, okay. what, just a couple, the first couple of days. That's phenomenal. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that. we've
1: been pretty happy with how it's, uh, how it's been going. We, we funded in, I guess on the third day and, uh, we've hit our first stretch goal and we're, just about $1200 away from the second stretch goal. So that's, it's doing
0: very well. Excellent. Uh, I, I do have to ask, uh, the name, the Spirits of the Rice Patty is, uh, definitely kind of unique. I, I don't think it's something that's definitely been overused in the, in the board game <laughs> space. How did that come about? How, how did you wind up picking, uh, such a, you know, unique theme for this game?
1: Well, I, uh, I just ended up reading some things about rice, strangely enough, and, and all the things that go into, uh, making it and taking care of it and growing it and, uh, harvesting it and just all the intense labor that there is, uh, surrounding it and just sort of captured my imagination. And so I made this game about growing rice. And I always joke, you know, I tell people this is my game about watching grass grow. You know? <laughs> but really Similar. Else, but more interesting than that. Um, and for a long time, that's all it was. And then, um, then um, I guess maybe about a year or two ago, um, we figured out that maybe we should probably add something to spice it up just a little bit. So I sort of hooked into some of the uh, the mythology around Bali and uh, Southeast Asia and all of that, and uh, sort of try to introduce that into the theme a little bit more. And I, I think that's uh, that's been a good a good change for us.
0: Did you? have sort of a game in mind and you chose that theme or did it kind of go hand in hand?
1: That was my goal from the beginning was to make a game about growing rice and all the intricacies of that 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 would entail. And so that has been what the game has been about from the very beginning. And actually it was even more laborious at the beginning. I've had to pare it down quite a bit but there was like three or four different growing stages and all kinds of stuff and it was just a, a monster of a thing that you had to do and, uh and then i've I've had to pare it down quite a bit so now it's a it's a nice tight 90 minutes and um, but you get the, a good feel for what it would take and all the different things and it's been able to allow me to uh, introduce some some unique uh, mechanics I think and so it's been interesting
0: what can you tell us about the game and, and the gameplay how, how does that uh, how does that all work
1: well, of course, the uh, the goal of the game is to, to grow the most rice and, well, okay. harvest the most rice. And so you're a rice farmer and you're trying to to build patties and fill them with, with water, plant your, your rice, make sure that you don't have any bugs or uh, weeds in there, and then um, empty them out and then uh, harvest them. And to do that, you have uh, some some help from the spirit world in the form of spirit cards. So at the very beginning of the game, there's a a draft, and you get three spirit cards, and they're numbered from 1 to 20, and the higher numbers are more powerful, but the uh, lower numbers let you go first in turn order, which is important for getting water, a very important thing in the game, and also for getting achievements, which is another important thing later on to get more points. Um, And so so you do that, and you're going to play one spirit card every turn, and uh, but you're also you're going to resolve all of your previous spirit cards every turn as well. So it's sort of a building kind of a thing. And then in the middle of the game, there's another draft, and you get three more of them. There's six rounds in all, and then there's a seventh sort of uh, bonus round at the end. And so you're going to have at the end of the game six different uh, spirit cards that are all going to resolve and help you to uh, achieve your your final round of uh, production.
0: Is uh the the whole spirit element is that something that's common in the, in the lore of uh, yeah, those folks out there.
1: Absolutely. The uh, I mean the people that are, that are over there now, you know, growing their rice and all, they you know, they have all these ceremonies and things and and it's very much a part of their culture. Really? Um, now of course, you know, mine mine is, is a lot more of a stylized version of that um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, a thing that you would see.
0: I saw on uh, Kickstarter that there's going to be a, uh, a a solo variant as well, which is pretty neat for the folks that uh, like to have the uh, the solo play available to them.
1: Right, that's the uh, the first stretch goal that we've already unlocked, and so that will be with every copy uh, on the Kickstarter. Uh, if you buy the retail version, the the solo game will not be in there, but you can you can order the solo game uh, separately from Ape Games or it might be a few other places. But uh, if you if you pledge on Kickstarter, that will come with it. And um, and the other part about the game is uh, while you're building all your stuff, you're using these uh, workers to do it. And it's not really worker placement. It's worker allocation. So you're going to have a pile of workers, and you're also going to have some animals. You're going to have uh, some oxen and some ducks. Right. And what you're going to do is you're going to allocate those to the different jobs that, that have to be done. Um, and the, the oxen can help with some of the uh, heavy lifting and the ducks can help to eat the pests and provide some fertilizer. And, um, and, so, and then, um, really, the, the heart of the game is this... this uh, the unique thing, I think, about it, is this uh, water system that we have in it. Every turn, there's a rain card. It tells how much rainfall there's going to be that turn. And so there's a set number of, of uh, rain tokens from the supply. But you're going to take some of those, and whoever's first in the turn order gets all the rain. And then they use okay. whatever they can use, and then that filters down to the next person. They use all that they can use, and that filters down. Finally, the last person may get some or may not get some. And uh, so it's very important to be kind of first in line for for the, the rain. And sometimes there's a lot of rain, sometimes there's not very much at all. So it's it's kind of interesting, and it adds a lot of variety to the game.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely an interesting little uh, system because you don't see that too often in the games. I, I know there's a couple that have used something similar with money, but uh, it, that's always been a, a neat little setup. Yeah, very nice. With the uh, the, the second stretch goal that uh, that you're almost hitting here is a whole new set of meeples, right?
1: Right. Yeah, we'll um, have some custom meeples, and um, we're actually if you look in the comments, we're People are discussing, and we're, we're discussing maybe doing custom meeples for the, the pests and the weeds, and maybe some of the other things too. Uh, if we can get through a few more stretch goals, and so I think if we, you know, if we have a lot of backers and this thing uh, goes maybe how I think it might go, then it's going to be a really, really nice game at the end of it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely got uh, people's attention because it's also, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's number nine on the hot list. Yep, the hotness no, <laughs> list, <laughs> you're like, "Oh yeah, I've seen it definitely." I that out
1: to my wife several times a day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, as you should. It's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Then uh, uh, another question for you is: uh, the the last couple of games that uh, that you've been doing have really been uh, all Kickstarter uh, games as opposed to traditional publishing. Uh, how? Has uh, has that done anything to change, um, you know, how you're developing your games, or at least um, you know the experience that you have?
1: Yeah, well, it is definitely a, a different experience, uh, and I have to say it is a bit tiresome <laughs> sometimes have to do it. On the other hand, it can be you know really neat, uh, you know, especially if it goes well. It can garner a lot of attention for your game. Um, I do sort of find myself envying some of these people that just, you know, make their game and they don't have to do all this. And um, I did actually have a, a, a standard uh, release snuck in there in October with uh, with Steve Jackson Games. They released another of my uh, Revolution expansions, oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. Revolution Anarchy, and I didn't have to do a thing. And that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I worked with it a little bit. Do you find that the Kickstarters are kind of like uh, nail-biting experiences at times? Well, I tell you it's- what,
1: the uh, Skyway robbery campaign, I mean, that went down to the last 10 minutes, and yes, there was a lot of nail-biting <laughs> in that one. Uh, that was a little too exciting. Oh, but yeah. I, I much prefer when they just fund in the first couple of days and you don't have to worry about it so much, and then oh. you can just have the fun of talking about stretch goals and things like that.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, I saw that the artist for uh, Kingdom, or I'm sorry, the artist for uh, Spirits of the Rice Paddy is uh, Daniel Solis. How is it to work with him on this?
1: Well, he's done a really good job. I I think another artist did the actual cover art, but then everything else, and some of the other art pieces, I think. uh, But uh, Daniel did all the the layout and everything and helped with all the graphic design. And. um, He's, he's made it uh, a little easier to play, I think, and a little more organized, and he's laying out all the rules and everything. So, yeah, very, very glad to have him along. Very talented.
0: Excellent. So uh, based on uh, its performance so far over the last couple of days, uh, uh, this game has uh, basically skyrocketed in uh, Kickstarter uh, terms, I guess, and uh, I'm sure it's going to do really, really well over the next uh, 20-some days that you have left in the campaign over there. Where uh, can uh, everybody find out more information about the game?
1: Well, um, there is a page about it at uh, uh, apegames.com. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you can visit the Kickstarter page. You can visit my uh, website, is fantasiogames.net and uh, we're all over Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter,
0: so... And one thing I can comment on uh, on your personal website there, the Fantasio Games, is that uh, there's some posts on there that have some really interesting looks at uh, kind of like the development process and bits and pieces, and I, I really enjoy reading it personally. <laughs> so I, I definitely recommend all the listeners check it out. Uh, cause, uh, you can get to see all the different games that uh, Phillips is working on and uh, just at the various stages that they're at. So that is a, definitely a, a cool little resource for people to check out so uh uh anything else uh you want to tell our listeners?
1: Well, I guess the only thing i, I might mention is that um, I'm going to have another Kickstarter in about a month with uh, tasty minstrel uh, and that's going to be eminent domain battle cruisers really so <laughs> that will oh, wow. be interesting that's a it's a mini game, but it's customizable so it, you could sort of imagine crossing Dominion with love letter and you could. So it's a very small game, but it can okay. be different every time because there's lots of different cards to put in.
0: Oh, wow, that's definitely sparked my interest, and I can't wait to uh, find out more about <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> I appreciate uh, Seth Jaffe letting me uh, kind of get on his turf a little bit and uh, and welcome me into the Eminent Domain universe.
0: Excellent. Well, uh you know, best of luck with that, and, and definitely uh, uh, Spirits of the Rice Patty, and uh, I know I can't wait to get my copy of uh, Skyway Robbery. <laughs> definitely looking forward to that one as well. So, uh, hey, Philip, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us today, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, be talking to you again in the future. Okay, thanks. Now, it's been a couple of months since uh, Essen 2014, uh, came about. So it's, it's come and gone. Uh, a lot of games came out over 400 titles came out in Essen 2014. And I've had the chance to play a bunch of them. So I'm going to go through uh, fairly quickly on uh, a list of some of the titles that really stuck out. Uh, some things that I do want to mention about some of the games. Uh, first of all, Aquasphere. Aquas- Aquasphere came out. It's a Stefan Feld game. This game is fantastic. I'm really enjoying this game. This game, uh, for me, is something that definitely deserves a, a deeper look. I'll probably do a video on this game. If not, uh, I might have it on uh, the next episode when I've got a little bit more time, and uh, I'm going to discuss this thing. Uh, I love the art for this game. It's a very interesting little uh, a bunch of mechanisms that he's put together. A uh, little, I think it's kind of, um uh, definitely not his lightest game. It's not like, uh, La Isla, uh, and, uh, you know, some of his little card games. So it's a, it's a decent weight, uh, Feld game. A lot of people knock him for point salad or whatever you want to call it. I personally like his games. I think I like pretty much almost every single one of them. And, uh, this one is no exception. It's a, a very cool little, um Theme to the game, it really reminds me of Octonauts, which my son watches on television all the time. And, uh, I start to get that little theme song in my head all the time. But Aquasphere, it's, uh, it's really fantastic game. Uh, I just love it. Uh, it's out in the U.S. T- Tasty Minstrel brought over to the U.S. through a Kickstarter and I jumped on that. But if you haven't seen this game, definitely check it out. Then uh, Lagranja or Lagraña, however you want to say that. Uh, that game is a game that I've talked about in the past uh, a little bit, and I really enjoy this game. It's uh, really good. I'm really looking forward to the U.S. version that's coming out uh, sometime this year. I don't remember exactly if it's early on in the year or later on in the year, but uh, for me it's a must-have. Uh, I really enjoy it, and I, w- I wish I jumped on it uh, prior when it was available because it was available from Fun Again Games uh, a couple of months back. So that's another one that is really awesome. I did get a chance to play uh, Kingsport Festival. This is a game that I think initially came out in like the Gen Con time frame, but it really wasn't available uh, up until uh, around the Essen uh, time, if not a little bit later. Uh, I did get to play this. Uh, I'm very mixed on it. Uh, a lot of people kind of compare it to um, Kingsburg. And uh, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate um and uh the reason why i'm kind of mixed on it is it it just didn't feel right i i I can't put my finger on it i I definitely would want to play it again so i can uh, just kind of figure out uh, exactly um you know where my mixed feelings are coming from but uh it is a dice placement game i guess that's probably the best way to to phrase it like uh kingsburg you roll uh dice and and you put them on different, uh, areas of the board. And this game takes up a ton of real estate, a ton of real estate. You're definitely not going to be playing this thing on a little card table. That's for sure. You need to get your big old geek chic or your big dining room table to play this thing on. But, uh, the quality of the game is, uh, is definitely pretty good. Um, again, it's just, uh, it, it just, uh, didn't feel right for some reason and uh, i think it requires a little bit more uh play time uh, and further investigation akrotiri uh this is a game that uh now that i think about it i'm not sure i mentioned it in my essen uh talk the last uh in the last couple of episodes it was one that i was originally going to put on there but i think i took it off uh my list and um I'm kinda of sad that I did take it off because, uh, I wound up, uh, getting it and playing it. And it's a surprisingly fun little game. Uh, you've got these tiles that, uh, you match up on, uh, on the table and you're building ship routes or islands. Very much reminds me of, of, uh, the game Tahiti from Minion games. I, I definitely enjoy it. It it's a nice uh, two player game, very spatial, extremely spatial. So um, if you kinda have problems with that then <laughs> I don't know if this game is gonna be your thing, but uh definitely check it out and uh and see what you think. Uh Roll Through the Ages, the Iron Age. I'm a big fan of the original Roll Through the Ages. Uh played it a lot uh in person, then also on Yucata and this is kind of like the follow-up game the quality of the game is phenomenal the the boards are, are wood just like the prior one they did a fantastic job almost like a little bit of a better job uh than the uh initial game and uh i'm i'm very pleased with this game it gets a double thumbs up from me and uh orleans another game this is a game that uh i really didn't follow it a whole lot when it was uh, discussed uh, during the Essen time frame, and uh, a buddy of mine picked it up, and I got to play it. And this game is phenomenal. I love this game. There's a Kickstarter that's going on uh, actually right now. It's uh, probably in its last couple of days. Or Tasty Minstrel is doing a deluxe version. Well, you can get their, uh, I guess I'll call it a reprint of Orleans because uh, I guess initially they didn't print enough copies or something, if I remember right. So Tasty Minstrel uh, is involved in a reprint. They're going to be bringing the base game back. And then you can also get a deluxe version of uh, of Orleans, which is essentially the base game plus uh, lots of other goodies, lots of wooden pieces. And, uh, yeah, I can't really knock even the original pieces of the game because when you first, uh, let me, let me explain what these pieces are like. So they're, I don't know what you would call it, chipboard or whatever the material is that, uh, they, they use these cardboard or whatnot. Uh, they're extremely thin, extremely thin. But when you look at them, when you look at these pieces and you feel them, you're like these things feel really sturdy. They don't feel like that cheap, light, uh, cardboard um, material that some games will have, like I don't know, like uh, Mayfair, for example. They don't feel like that. They feel almost pl- plasticky, like some really dense material. And I was really surprised about that. And uh, the because initially when I see The pieces as being really thin, I kind of mentally subtract some points from a game. I give it kind of bad marks, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this game. And then the the deluxe version is going to one-up that. So that is uh, something that I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait to get this game. Uh, I've actually gushed about the game generally here and uh, talked about the piece. I really haven't mentioned what the game's about in case you haven't heard it. This is the one where, uh, on other shows you'll hear them call, call it Orleans. So they'll, they'll try to pronounce it. I'm just going to call it Orleans because, uh, I'm American and we mispronounce everything. So, uh, in Orleans, uh, what you're doing is you're essentially, uh, you're kind of like doing a chit building in a bag and you're drawing the, the little chits out, you can only get a certain amount uh, per turn and then you're putting them out on the board, you're getting more of these things and uh, I know I'm not doing the game justice but it's a phenomenal game when you sit there and you play it, it's just awesome, It's it's sort of like deck building with a new spin on it and it works extremely well, it works phenomenally well love this game, love it definitely check it out 100% recommend this game. Then uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I got uh, a couple plays in on this thing. A uh, very interesting game. Um, initially when uh, I popped this thing open, I was kind of surprised by it because it was just a box of boards that needed punching out. Uh, they were extremely thin for my taste, I guess uh, we're being spoiled by some games having really thick, chunky uh, components. And uh, I was kind of like, you know, had a little frowny face on, and I was like looking at it and, and kind of disappointed. But the gameplay has made up for it. It's an enjoyable game. Uh, and uh, the game, again, has uh, uh, definitely... Uh, surprised me, and a lot of people are really gushing about this game, and I understand it. I definitely understand it. It's it's a it's a fun game. Then uh, Hyperborea, again, uh, this was uh, I believe a Gen Con release, and then uh, it had uh, pretty good presence over at Essen, and I got uh, a play uh, of this game, and and I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. It was a fun. I'll call it like a uh, civilization building game. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but, uh, you're basically building your, uh, tribe or civilization or whatever, and you're going out there looking to kick butt, take names, and uh, wipe everybody else <laughs> off the map. Uh, definitely an enjoyable game. Probably one of the, one of the better civilization building games out there. Uh, I, I definitely liked it. It's it's not one that I would probably pick up myself. I played a friend's copy, but uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it, and uh, I can probably give this one a, a pretty good thumbs up as well. And then, uh, lastly, I got to play Doodle City. I actually uh, picked up a copy of this thing. I believe I I talked about it uh, pretty well. I think my last show where uh, I had mentioned how it's it's basically a, a pad of paper uh, somewhere along the lines of like a uh, Zula Red or the Dice game it's a pad of paper, you got some dice you roll, you basically play on your own little board in front of you and I was really looking forward to this game because I liked the uh, Red or the Dice game enough that uh, it's a cool little, uh, f- I call it a filler plus game that uh, you can introduce to people, very small form factor and then uh, this one Is, uh, well, I'll, I'm gonna talk about this game a little more in depth uh, later on in the show. So let me save my thoughts on that, my, uh, my final judgement on that for that. But I did get to play that. So, that is... I believe it for uh, the quick little rundown that uh, I had over the past uh, probably about two months and uh, I'll definitely keep playing some games and I'll probably go into more depth uh, on future shows but I just want to cover some of these and get kind of caught up as to uh, where I am today with these titles oh what the heck I think I'll just start talking about uh, doodle city right now so doodle city is a game that came out in 2014. It uh, was released by a company called Aporta Games, uh, designed by Ilith Svensson and Christian Amundsen-Oatsby. It plays one to six in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, the suggested age range is eight and up. Uh, this is uh, a board game, pretty much. Even though there's no board, you get a... Uh, a pad of paper where everybody has their own boards, basically, which is just a sheet of paper with a grid on it. And, um, uh, so it's, it's a board game. It's a, a city build building style of game. Uh, a quick little description from BGG on this game is Doodle City is a quick family game of city building By drawing a network of roads on their play sheet players are building a city and trying to score points for their hotels, shops, and taxis all while avoiding pollution. Uh, the box for the game is really compact, really teeny tiny it's about two inches tall and then I don't know about five inches square. Uh, beyond that. So it's very portable. It can fit in a bag, backpack. You can take it to work really easy. And uh, inside the box, you'll find essentially three things. So a pad of play sheets, maybe about a centimeter tall. You'll find six, or uh, sorry, eight dice, one blue, seven white that you use for the game. And then you get uh, your instruction sheet, your rule sheet in there. Uh, the rule sheet uh, is uh, basically a big sheet of paper just folded down so it fits inside the box. There's a couple languages on there. The rules are very basic, fairly simple. Uh, and there's also a solo in there where you're kind of, uh, you know, just trying to score the most points, you know, playing against yourself in previous games as opposed to somebody else right there and, you know, right now. I don't see any colorblind issues with this game because uh, I do like to mention that I am colorblind, so I struggle with some games. Uh, this one definitely uh, no issues, which uh, is uh, definitely a good thing, because uh, those issues can really uh, ruin a game. And uh, artwork is pretty basic; um, it looks very clip artish. That's probably the the best way I can describe it. And but it's it's sufficient for what it is. As far as what you do in the game, you essentially roll dice depending on the amount of players that you have. You, or you roll the blue dice, uh, which will designate which of the columns in your 5x5 five five, uh, play sheet grid that you can make a mark in. And then everybody goes through in player order and they choose a white die. Uh, and these are 6-sided uh, dice by the way. They choose a white die that uh, they then have um, ability to make a mark in that particular row of the die that they choose. Uh, A six is essentially a wild. You can choose any uh, row or column depending on if it's a blue or white die. And uh, you're basically looking to mark up your player sheet and create roads. So you're going to be connecting the different uh, squares on your grid, and you're going to be connecting Uh, things such as, uh, taxis, hotels, shops, and, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty basic. The, the longest roads will essentially score you the most points. And, uh, if you get pollution, of course, that counts negative, uh, on you, but, um, it, it plays similar to game, games like, uh, Zularetto, the dice game, Quicks, which, uh, came out, I believe, 2013, where you roll dice, you make a mark on your paper, and, uh, you continue. So, it's essentially a solo affair, for the most part, and the only real interaction that you have with other folks in the game is, uh, they take the dice that you want. So, with that being said, um, there kind of lies my disappointment with the game. The, the game is okay uh, for the most part, but uh, I can't say that it really plays all too much differently. At least it, it doesn't have much of a different feel when you play with other people as it does when you play the solo game. So that was kind of a little bit of a letdown for me, just because it didn't grab me like some of those other games uh, have. Like, uh, Quicks and, uh, Zuloretto. I'd say this game is probably closer to a Quicks than, uh, than a Zuloretto, the dice game, cause, uh, I think Zuloretto has a little bit of a different feel to it. It's a little more, I'll call it, satisfying to play than this game. So, um, you know, with that being said, uh, uh, again, this game was a little bit of a letdown. Uh, I, I enjoy it to a degree. But, uh, you know, I can't say that it's a bad game, but it definitely wasn't uh, what I was hoping it to be either. Uh, I would recommend it. It's a lukewarm recommendation to folks. Uh, uh, if you like uh, other games like Quicks or Zuloretto the Dice Game, you might want to give this a shot. There is an iOS app for it. I believe it's around $2 or so, so you might want to check it out on, on uh on the iOS devices because uh it's easier to try this game out for two bucks than it is to pay twenty, which I believe is the going rate for the game. And uh, if you like uh pen and paper games, um, you know definitely uh give it a go. Is it replayable? It depends on if you <laughs> force it on other folks, I guess. Uh, if you're really looking for something to play at work with a really small footprint, this might have that... Uh, it might fill that uh, need right there, but um, it tends to be kind of dry and unsatisfying, so I don't know if it'll uh, be replayed a whole lot, uh, at least in a multiplayer setting uh, in my house here. I might bring it out uh, just... If I've got nothing to do, I just want to play something and you know, do solo. But uh, I, I see the ability to play it solo happening more often than the multiplayer. So that was Doodle City. Next up is Camel Up. This was uh, the award-winning uh, Spiel des Jahres winner for 2014. Uh, it was designed by uh, Stefan uh, Bogen. Uh, published by spiel I believe, here, and uh, released, um, or I'm sorry, it plays two to eight players in about 30 minutes and uh, plays eight and up. Uh, this is a board game. It's kind of like a family betting dice game. It's probably the best way I can describe it. The BGG description on this is, uh, in Camel Up, up to eight players bet on five racing camels, trying to uh, suss out which will place first and second in a quick race around a pyramid. The earlier you place your bet, the more you can win. Should you guess correctly, of course, camels don't run neatly. However, sometimes landing you on top of another one and being carried towards the finish line. Who's going to run when? That all depends on how the dice come out of the pyramid dice shaker which releases one die at a time when players pause from their bets long enough to see who's actually moving. So uh, what do you get inside the box here? It's an average box, you know, one of those, uh, the big square boxes that we're all used to. Components inside of it are actually very nice. The camels themselves stack really nicely. They fit on top, you know, like within, like the feet fit within the humps of uh, the camel beneath it, and they stack really nicely. So you can get a stack of five camels up that's pretty tall. Uh, definitely don't, don't do this on a rickety table. Do not play on a rickety table. Just telling you guys up front here. Uh, the rest of the the game is uh, pretty nice. The nice tiles, nice board, nice art. It's got a pretty cool little pyramid uh, dice shaker. Uh, there's been a lot of comments about this thing because it's held together with a rubber band. And you um, press this uh, little slider in, which then opens up uh, a hole for a die to pop out. Basically, you take this pyramid and you put it upside down on the table. So the where the pointy end would be, I guess, because there is no pointy end in this. There's just a hole in there where the dice come out. You place that on the table. You depress this little slider on the side, which then stretches the rubber band, because uh, that's what closes it back up. It stretches the rubber band, a die comes out, you hear it go click on the table, you close the uh, pyramid up by uh, um, not pushing on it on the slider anymore, and then you lift straight up so that you don't tumble the die that just came out. Now there's five different dice, one in each uh color of the camels so whatever number comes up on that uh dies basically how far you move that camel i just basically just explained half the game right there it's uh it's that simple but uh is the game um colorblind friendly uh and looking at the different components yeah uh uh, it's okay, not so much. If you have severe colorblind issues, you're going to struggle with this game. Um, I'm one of the folks where it really depends on the lighting. I can't quite tell the colors sometimes, but I can at least discern the different shades, which uh, sometimes is good enough. So uh, the, the colors on here, uh, there's a white that doesn't really look very white uh, other than on the Camel. Uh, there's, uh, an orange one that can be confused with green, green issues, orange, red issues, a whole bunch with this. So, uh, colorblind folks, beware, uh, insert nothing special. You get a whole bunch of bags with it. The rules, uh, come in a big sheet that's folded in half box size. So it's technically four pages, uh, artwork on this game, phenomenal. Uh, it's done by Dennis Lohausen, which is uh, turning out to be my favorite artist. Uh, he's done a ton of games, so the art on this game is really awesome. Then uh, uh, the rules, let's go over those uh, real quick as to what I thought about them. Uh, the rules uh, come on four pages. They're very are sufficient. Uh they give a couple examples. This game is not hard at all, so four pages is more than enough to explain this game and give plenty of uh examples. And uh how do you play the game? Well, simply enough, there's a racetrack, which is sixteen squares. The camels start off at the beginning and they run around uh each time that you take all five of the camel colors out of the pyramid you're basically completing a leg which you complete a scoring and then you reload the pyramid and you repeat you do this uh, a couple of times up until a camel crosses the finish line at which the game immediately ends and you do your final uh, leg scoring and final scoring and uh, as these camels are racing around the track What you're doing is you're trying to figure out which camel's going to be in first place, second place, and then, uh, in some cases in last place. So at the end of each leg, you're going to be score, scoring, uh, points, or I'm sorry, money based on first position, second position, or you're going to be losing money if you're in, uh, third, fourth, or fifth place. Uh, as part of your turns you can do one of four things you can move a camel by uh, essentially rolling the dice by uh, taking a die out of the pyramid you can uh bet as to uh who's going to be in first place or last place for the entire game by placing one of your color cards uh you have these cards with uh uh one with your player's um face on it uh, there's some cool little, um, characters in the game, a bunch of women, a bunch of men, you choose one. And then, uh, you get five cards of that character, one card for each color of the camels. So you place those on the board and they stay there for the remainder of the game. And you're basically saying that the color camel that you chose is going to win or lose depending on the position that you put it on. And then, uh, you can, Put a oasis tile, I believe that's what they're called, uh, on the board where you can affect uh, if a camel lands on it, they'll move forward or backwards, so that you can kind of manipulate um, the camel positioning a little bit if you want one to gain ahead or or behind, and that's only if they land on that spot. And then, lastly, what you can do is take one of a a stack of three tiles in each camel's color. You take one of these tiles and it basically says which camel you think is going to be in the lead, uh, essentially for that particular leg. Uh, the first topmost tile is five coins, then followed by three and then two. Uh, if your camel comes in second place, you get one point or one coin. And if it comes in the rest of them, it's uh, one. So uh, uh that's basically the game there uh, in a, in a nutshell it's it's very basic very simple to teach um with that being said uh <laughs> this game has been a utter flop for me I I like it well enough it's it's not a horrible game I, I enjoy it uh i think the mechanism of the pyramid is is pretty fun and i like the art and it's a uh, simple i won't say it's a mindless game um it's, uh, it's just a very basic game that I think is lighthearted. And, uh, everybody that I've played this game with has just bagged up the game, which is kind of disappointing me. Cause again, you know, I, I, I don't hate the game. I, I can appreciate it for what it is. And I can see why it kind of won the Spiel des Jahres in, in 2014. I believe it won for the, for the family game. Um, yeah, that, that was that's that's really surprising. I've actually had somebody say, "Oh, I'm not playing this one again." It's like, "Oh, geez. You can see how that's going to uh finish up in in the game there. But uh with that being said, I mean, the game is uh, pretty easy to pick up, very easy to teach. Uh, can be a fun family game. My only concern is when you're dealing with children, you're essentially teaching them how to bet. I don't know if that's something that everybody will, uh, will, uh, <laughs> take too well, especially when you're dealing with young children. But, uh, uh, other than, other than that, uh, the game I, I think is decent. It's a fun gimmicky little game that, uh, you know, definitely the alpha gamers, the hardcore gamers won't really go after. They'll probably just trash the game like uh the people that I've played with. But um it's interesting enough where I think I'll just hang on to it and I'll keep it in my collection for at least uh some time in the foreseeable future. I tend to like to keep this in games for some reason. Probably just because they're SN games, but why not? Uh, I would recommend it, uh, to people that want a game to play with their family, uh, especially if they have some kind of interest in, in betting games. Uh, you know, there's people that like that kind of thing. If people are against it, I'd probably say that, uh, it's something that you probably want to steer clear of. Uh, this is a little bit of an older game. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this game. If not, you know, if, I'm sure you've played it as well. So I don't really think I need to go into way too much more detail about this game. Um, is it replay- replayable? I'm mixed on it. Uh, I don't think I'll probably be able to get anybody to play it <laughs> after the first initial plays, but, uh, it might be a good, uh, family, uh, gateway game, at least to, uh, get some people, uh, playing. So, um, there you have it, uh, that is Camel Up, uh, was kind of a dud with the people that I played it, uh, with, but, uh, I like it well enough. It's, it's a decent little game, and I'll probably be keeping it. Now, I just want to go into the 20 shows ago segment of the show going uh, back in the time machine all the way to episode 17. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of stuff that uh, game wise that we talked about that I'm going to cover right now because uh, 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 back then that was uh, August 6th, 2012. So heck, that was over two years ago that this uh, show went down. Uh, there was uh it was actually it was called dominant creatures big and small so uh the first game i want to talk about is uh, agricola all creatures big and small i really can't believe that this game's been out for two years it's had i believe two expansions um to it since and uh i enjoyed this game back then and i still enjoy it it's got a, a special place in my heart it's a uh, simple straightforward uh, two-player version of Agricola that is—it's uh, pretty fun. It gives you that Agricola feel in a much quicker, smaller uh, play. And uh, I'd still, uh, I still—I still like this game after uh, what two, two and a half years. And uh, I still give it a thumbs up. I'm interested to see if they'll come out with any more expansions for it, if or uh, or anything else, or even if there's going to be a caverna version of this. That'd be interesting to see if that comes out. Then uh, also Dominant Species, the card game, was uh, another game from that show. This is a game that I think just got universally trashed by everybody. I don't think anybody liked this game. A lot of people like Dominant Species, Uh the the full-size game, which isn't a game for me. I, I played it, and I really am hesitant to play it again. It just took forever. And, uh, this is a card game version of that that nobody likes, and I don't think that's changed at all over the years. So, um, I guess, uh, (laughs) the original judgment stands for this one as well. So that was Dominant Species, the card game. So, um... Just to wrap up the show, just want to cover a game list real quick. Just a couple of things that I've really been looking forward to. Uh, XCOM, the board game, is hitting stores right now. I'm really interested in this game. I've heard some mixed things on it. This is the game that, one of the games that has, uh, the electronic element to it. And, uh, I know a lot of people complain about it. I'm really interested in it. I think I'm just gonna dive into this one and, and see what it's all about. Uh, XCOM is a fantastic video game. I know that there's not a lot of similar... Well, actually, I, I can't say there's not a lot of similarities. It, it's not the same game. It's, it's a different style of game than the video game. So you shouldn't really go into this game expecting the video game. But it's set in the same universe, uh, the same theme, etc. So uh, I'm definitely interested in, in that. And then also, uh, Fields of Arl. Uh, it's a game that uh, I've actually got sitting next to me here. Uh, just uh, looking forward to playing it. Really looking forward to it. I love Uwe's games, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, this is going to be uh, no exception uh, to Fields of Arl. So final thoughts on the games that I talked about in this show. Uh, Doodle City was kind of a, a disappointment for me. Uh, it's a one-to-six player game. But I'll probably wind up playing it solo, if anything. It's such a small form factor game, it's not really worth trading away. (laughs) At least I don't think it is. So I'm just gonna hang on to it. Doesn't take up a lot of shelf space. Yeah, uh, That's Doodle City. Uh, then also Camel Up. Uh, Camel Up is a game that I like well enough. I'm not crazy about, super crazy about the game. But, uh, it was a big time dud with everybody that I played it with. Which, uh, was kind of a disappointment for me. So I figured somebody would at least like it as a game. <laughs> <laughs> to a point of where it's like, hey, okay, yeah, we'll play it. Instead of, instead I just got, uh, uh, I think I'm going to be getting unanimous, no, we're not playing this ever again. So camel up, uh, winner of the Spiel des Jahres, uh 2014, big time flop uh, with everybody that I played it with. So there you have it. That's episode 37 of this Board Game Life. Uh, make sure to check out this Board Game Life on Twitter. That's at tboardgamelife. Uh, Not this. It's at tboardgamelife. Uh, This had to be shortened because it doesn't fit in the naming standards for Twitter. And then uh, there's also a BGG Guild. Uh, You can give that a join and definitely uh, check out the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash this Also, look forward uh, to any feedback on the show. Uh, You can send a message uh, through the, uh, this board game life website or, uh, contact me on Twitter and, uh, and such or on the guild on, uh, also on BGG. So, uh, thanks for listening everybody. Catch y'all next time.